Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I am your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFChen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Thursday, November 19th, 2020, and today seems like it's the day. The day that we're actually going to find out if the Maryland-Michigan State game is going to happen. To be honest with you, I'm a little bit surprised that it has taken this long. I would have assumed that due to circumstances, there would have been some announcement. It's Thursday. The game is in two days. I think it's very difficult to ask a team to do this. So you, once again, you have to question Maryland and what they're doing. They obviously didn't play Ohio State last weekend. They decided that with their eight positive cases that they were going to quarantine and and hope for the best so that the program wouldn't get shut down. Well, they haven't announced anything, anything else. And my speculation on Monday was that we were going to find out that they had a larger breakout and that they were going to have to, Wisconsin-style, shut it down. Well, they didn't. And they haven't. And there hasn't been much news at all out of College Park about what's going on with Mike Loxley's team and the coronavirus right now. So, it's interesting. I find it extremely interesting. And if I am Michigan State, I'm not very happy about this. Uh, I understand, you know, Ohio State's anger as well uh, because they were, you know, when you look around the landscape of things, you know, other teams have battled through it. Minnesota has battled through it. Illinois has battled through it multiple starters on both of those teams have been unavailable. And I'm not going to say that that is the 100% reason why both of those teams have struggled early on in this 2020 season, but it definitely has something to do with it. It's not a coincidence. And I think that Maryland looked at that, and Maryland said, you know what? We've got something going here. We've got some confidence. And we don't want to break that up. And I get it. When you look at it, you know, if you go in and play Ohio State shorthanded, not all your horses, you really don't have a chance. Talent-wise, Maryland, nobody else, in my estimation, is close to the Buckeyes talent-wise. I get it. I understand. I get the move. But you would have thought that there'd be a little bit more transparency to it, though. So we're still waiting. We're still waiting to find out. That's the one game on the Big Ten slate this week that's up in jeopardy. So I guess that's a good thing. But who knows? Uh, what I did find interesting yesterday is was that the Pac-12, who is married with the Big Ten, on decisions like this, the big decisions. Obviously, when you looked at the grand scheme of things, the two conferences that decided not to play fall football were the Big Ten and the Pac-12. 
what happens in the Rose Bowl, the Big Ten Pac-12, they play together. Well, the Pac-12 yesterday announced that they are going to allow non-conference games this year. And I think that that has to do with the cancellations that they've suffered. And this is something that we've seen multiple Big Ten schools try and do. Nebraska made an attempt initially that second week when Wisconsin had to cancel their game. Last week, Ryan Day came out and said that he would have preferred to be able to schedule a non-conference game after Maryland decided that they weren't going to be able to play last weekend. And I am 100% in the spot where they should be able to go out and find an opponent if those teams fall under the Big Ten guidelines. Remember, the Big Ten is not the only conference that is trying to deal with the coronavirus. Everyone is. This is not just isolated to the conference. Everyone's battling this. Most teams are in that bubble-type environment. They understand the consequences. And I get both sides of the coin here. The other side of the coin is that you're letting other people from outside of the Big Ten bubble into the Big Ten bubble and a potential for more spread and more games lost. But if those teams fall under the Big Ten's guidelines of what they want for the virus with negative positive tests, you know, under that 5% and the community rate of 7.5, I think that, you know, that it would be in the best interest of the conference to play those games. But unfortunately, we're at that point where it doesn't look like the Big Ten is going to do that. The Pac-12 has allowed some flexibility. I think that it's smart. I think they've done a good job. I like it. We'll see if Kevin Warren comes out and obviously makes a change to that. But at the current moment, the answer is no. The Big Ten is not, I repeat, the Big Ten is not going to play any non-conference games. And if it's a canceled game, it is a no contest. It will not be rescheduled still at the current moment. Uh, Penn State is dealing with some issues with their COVID testing. Uh, They've had multiple false positives. A total of 43. That's a lot. And just this week, they've had two of their coaches, James Franklin said yesterday, two of their coaches, defensive coordinator Brett Pry and cornerbacks coach Terry Smith, at different times this week, both of them, due to false positive tests, have had to miss time coaching with the team. Penn State has had it rough. James Franklin came out last week and said that he isn't as focused as he normally is because he is very driven by his family, his wife and children. They are his motivators. They are the ones that get him hyped up. Because Penn State's coaches are in a bubble. They have not seen their families. They have not seen their families for months. And it's obviously taking a toll on James Franklin. And I get it. It's understandable, 100%. But 
uh, overall, all in all, Penn State actually is doing a really good job with their coronavirus handling of the situation. Just last week, 1,558 tests were administered, only six positives. That is a fantastic rate. As we all know, there are cases across the country. It is spiking. We are back into it. Flu season. And I think we all knew this was going to happen. Everyone pinpointed Thanksgiving as a time where if we didn't have this under control going into the winter, it was going to get a little sketchy. And that's where exactly where we are. It's gotten a little sketchy. And that's unfortunate. And another fallout of that is the fact that yesterday Ohio State came out due to county regulations for gatherings, larger gatherings, no more gatherings, more than 10 people right now, uh, is the county regulations in Columbus, which means that Ohio State's family, the only fans that are allowed in the stands, that's it, the only fans allowed in the stands right now are family members of the football team, the players and the coaches. They're the only people allowed in the stadium. Well, guess what? Due to county regulations, they will no longer be in the stadium. And I saw multiple Ohio State parents yesterday be verbally angry about it. Paris Johnson's mother came out and said, I do not understand this. This is because the Buckeyes are in that bubble. They haven't seen their families. And Paris Johnson's mom said, look, this is the only time I get to see my son right now. And I get to see him 100 feet away. They don't even interact with their families when they're in the stands. They can say hi to them from a distance, but they don't physically get to see their families. And I think this is a difficult decision for the Buckeyes, but it's a decision that, you know, if everyone needs to be in line with the rules and regulations with their states, their counties, et cetera, then I think they're setting a good example. I know it's difficult for these families to not to be able to see their children, their loved ones, but we need to get control of this. And it's not, you know, it, it, it's going to take everyone. Everyone needs to. This is, this is about saving lives. This is about your fellow man. This is about, this has nothing to do with anything else but but to try and get rid of this virus. And, you know, I'm sure it was a difficult decision for Ohio State and their athletic director, Gene Smith. But let's be real here. It's, you know, erroring on the safe side is, is a good idea, is a good idea. And with all that going on, this is very you know, a COVID-related show this morning. But that that is what we are dealing with. Yesterday, the College Football Playoff Committee came out and said that they are not going to adjust their schedule. The first ranking release is next week. So we will find out which Big Ten schools are where, where they're being projected bowl game-wise. We'll see, we'll get an explanation from the College Football Playoff Committee as to how they're going to do this. We don't know how they're going to do this. Nobody knows how they're going to do this. Is it going to be a big look? To me, it's going to be a big look test this year, especially with the amount of games played. You know, when you look at it, 
the Buckeyes, third in the nation. But they've only played three games. Notre Dame's eight no. That's a that's a big that's a big gap right there. At the same point in time, that's a big gap right there. Five games. That's a lot of data points. So you wonder how they're going to come out and rank these teams because nobody knows. I'm very very curious to find out what happens. Uh, I'm very curious to hear explanations as to where they rank teams and why they rank these teams. So there's a there's a lot of um, interesting things going on. They also came out and said that if a team that is selected in the final four of the college football playoff and that team happens to be shut down due to an outbreak of the coronavirus, they will not replace that team. I don't like that. I think that they need to have extreme flexibility in order to get this done. Let's just say, for example, Ohio State makes it. And they make it as the three seed. Let's just, you know, let, let's just go what it is right now, one through four. You got Alabama in the one seed. You got Notre Dame in the two seed. You got Ohio State in the three seed, and you got Clemson in the four seed, which would be crazy to say that the ACC would get two teams, but it is what it is. It's an odd year. So what you're saying is, is that if in that scenario that Ohio State wasn't able to play, Notre Dame automatically moves on. They don't have to earn a championship shot. They just move on and say right now, because in my estimation, the Florida Gators are the fifth best team in the country and Florida's sitting there and they find out before their bowl game is played. Don't you think that that the Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators would love a shot at Notre Dame, regardless of the time frame? Yeah. It puts them at a disadvantage to have to travel again a little bit. But remember, they're they're cutting travel. Bowl games are going to be different. You're not going to see teams arrive at their bowl venues 10 days before their game starts. I think this year they're going to cut that down. They haven't made an announcement yet because they haven't gotten that far. But my estimation of what's going to happen is that they're going to arrive day of or the night before. They're not going to dilly-dally and spend 10 days like they have in previous years at these bowl locations. It is going to be a business trip. It is in, it is out. And so with that in mind, I'm just kind of curious as to why the college football playoff committee wouldn't be flexible with something like this. I think they're making a mistake. I'm kind of disappointed, to be honest with you. Because if that's the scenario... I don't think it's fair for the one and four team in this in this hypothetical situation. Is it really fair that Alabama has to play Clemson when Notre Dame would just sit there and automatically make it to the championship game? I don't think that's fair at all. 
Is that a real championship? I mean, regardless of who would win it, you know damn right they would claim it. But think about it from, you know, Alabama's perspective. If they beat Clemson, this hypothetical member, if they were to beat Clemson, and then they come in a little bit beat up against Notre Dame, Notre Dame hasn't played. Notre Dame is going to come in super healthy. Notre Dame is going to come in and not have any issues and have a potential to beat Alabama. It's just crazy. I hate it. I, I really am not a fan of this ruling by the NCAA. All right, let's move on to a couple of basketball things very quickly before we wrap things up. The NBA draft was last night, and the futures of just four Big Ten stars are now known. Jalen Smith, he got drafted number 10th overall. Maryland star forward went to the Philadelphia 76ers. He was the only Big Ten player selected in the first round. There's an outside chance that Xavier Tillman and Cassius Winston would have landed in the end of the first round. Well, that didn't happen. They actually fell a little bit lower than the next Big Ten player that was selected, which was Minnesota's Daniel Latouru. Went the 33rd overall pick in the second round. Xavier Tillman, he ended up going uh, in the second round as well, pick 35. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, for me, uh, Tillman really, you know, fell in the draft. And who really knows? You know, this this draft is going to be so odd and weird because I personally see that teams really didn't get a chance to know these guys. And, and you know, the Sacramento Kings who selected Tillman uh, – they're going off of a lot of tape and Zoom meetings. You couldn't actually physically see any of these players. So uh, a weird, weird draft. And then uh, Cassius Winston uh, got selected almost as the uh, the one of the latest picks, uh, 53rd overall out of 60. He's going to the OKC Thunder. So only four Big Ten stars selected in the NBA draft yesterday. but. Congratulations to those players. A couple other players got uh, picked up as on UDFAs, so uh, undrafted free agents. So uh, we'll see if those players stick. But uh, you know, congratulations to those four who were drafted. It's uh, it's a pretty neat day and uh, very emotional. If you watched it on TV like I did, very very emotional for these players to be selected and to move on to the next stage of their basketball lives. And then yesterday, the conference also. They, uh, they they released a schedule. Big Ten released their schedule. So uh, we know who's going where and what's going on. I'm not going to go over it. That'd be way too long. And on top of that, I don't want to bore the crap out of you. So if you're looking for the conference schedule, it's all out there. Go ahead, take a look, and see you know what teams are, are going to face what, how many times, and what's going on. Because uh, I didn't take a look at that. Not yet. Because that's a lot to go over, and like I said, I didn't want to bore you. And that'll be it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Uh, Once again, I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter, at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well, at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Thursday, Big Ten fans. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.